Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fig Pie True Crime. As always, I am your host, Ryan, with Josh. And this is where we read a Wikipedia page about a murder, or crime, and tell you about why it's awful. Finally, episode five. Um, whenever this actually gets edited and um, all that stuff. Disclosure, I have had a problem with editing episode four and I had to restart. So sorry for the. So I apologize. I will try not to have the big, a, a big of a delay between episode four and episode five. So you all are going to have to hold me to that. I will hold you to that. How's that? <laughs> yeah, I'll actually have to find some time to edit. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about a case where I'm going to butcher a bunch, a bunch of pronunciation. Because uh, we're going to talk about the Reykjavik Confessions. Yeah. Because we're recording this at 9.23 at night, and we both have to get up in the morning. <laughs> you would like to not be doing this one for an hour, so that's... I was like, Ryan, pick a short one. We're like, This okay. is a pretty short one, and it's also confusing as fuck. <laughs> I believe... Okay, this was one that was on BuzzFeed Unsolved, because I, I don't think I've watched this episode, though. Oh my god, when you listen when you listen to me and then you watch this episode, Josh, you're gonna be so impressed with Ryan and disappointed in me. <laughs> he's he is very good at the pronunciations of the of the names. I am just gonna try and mimic what he did and probably fuck it up. Ryan's like, I am ready to fuck this up. And I'm like, okay. To be fair, there's a chance I don't read any last names because at least the the first names are easier. <laughs> Ryan's like, first names I got, last names not so much. Anyway, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> On the night of January 26, 1974, Gutmunder I know that name, <laughs> an 18-year-old laborer was walking back from the community hall in Hafnar Yorher to his home, 10 kilometers away. He was last seen by a motorist after he nearly fell in front of a vehicle and has not been seen since. Ten months later, on November 19th, 1974, Gerfner Anderson, same last name, no relation, <laughs> a 13-year-old construction worker, uh, received a phone call while at home and drove a short distance to a harbor cafe. He left the keys in the ignition but failed to return to the car. Extensive searches around the harbor and coast did not find a body, and although police in Iceland are regularly informed of people when the, who disappear in snowstorms without motive, witnesses, forensic evidence, or bodies, a murder inquiry was opened. Police were under intense public media and justice pressure to solve these cases. I have heard this one. Yeah, this so one is a broad stroke. This one is batshit. Yeah, it's batshit and it's short. Uh, <laughs> so the broad stroke that I want to point out to people who may not know this and may not have heard this. In Iceland, there is not a lot of crime. It is very, very rare if a murder or something happens. However, people disappearing is normal. Sometimes people just up and walk into the wilderness and they're never seen again. So when one person disappears, they're like, okay, but then another person disappears in the same area. And people started to believe it was a murder. And public is like, uh, oh, uh. Now to preface this next portion, there is actually no evidence that a murder ever happened. <laughs> Yeah, that's what makes this so, that's what makes this so, like, out there for me as well. 
we're about to learn a lot of fucked up things about the Iceland uh, justice system back in the day. Yep. What was this in like, what, what year did this happen, you said? It was in the 70s, 1974. I mean, to be fair, American police wasn't much better from what we've, uh, <clears throat> some of the other cases that we've uh, done so far. Zodiac killer. Um, yeah. You know, when they thought a man was black, because why not? Because racism. Because they're racist. <laughs> they're, yeah, literal, ra- <laughs> literal racism has stopped the Zodiac Killer from being caught, and that's like, it still blows my mind. So, to move on, um, we're going to talk about the investigation and the prosecutions, because of course we are. So, in this case, there are six suspects. We have Saivar, Christian, Trigvi, Albert, Gutjon, and Ertla. And all of them eventually signed confessions to murder, even though they had not had no clear memory of committing the crimes. They had been kept in isolation, interviewed at length, under pressure, with little contact allowed with their lawyers. They were given drugs, uh, Mogadan, Diazepam, and uh, chloro chlorpromazin, and subjected to sleep deprivation and water torture. Particularly, the alleged ringleader, Saivar, who had a fear of water. He also said that the drugs, which were supposed to help him sleep, had affected his memory. The suspects said they had signed confessions in order to put an end to their solitary confinement. For example, Erkla was held in solitary confinement for 242 days. Two were kept under solitary confinement for over 600 days. One of whom, Trigvi, for 655 days, the longest solitary confinement outside of Guantanamo Bay detention camp, and Saivar was kept in custody for a total of 1,533 days. In 1976, Einar Bolason, the chairman of the Icelandic Basketball Federation, sat innocent for 105 days in solitary confinement, along with Magnus Leopoldson, Vladimir Olson, and Sigur Bjorn, after Einar's half-sister, Ertla, and other suspects had implicated them in the case. Saivar... Christian and Trigvi were convicted of killing Gutmunder, while Albert was convicted of helping hide the body. Saivar, Christian, and Gutjon were later convicted for killing Gerfner, while Ertla was convicted of perjury after she implicated her half-brother and others in the disappearance. So, Josh, what does that tell you? Uh, that this is the this is the reason why the book says torture doesn't work. I was going to say, this is why fucking solitary confinement's a bad idea. This is like the poster child of why you don't torture people. Because, like, after any amount, like, after this amount of time, like, after being, hell, after, like, hell, if it was me after being away from my family for, like, a month, I would be, like, willing to tell them whatever they wanted to get out of, to get out of that current situation I was in. In a similar vein, and I say similar, but probably very different, I've, I have often said that when my dad used to watch the movie Roots, you know Roots? Nah, I don't know that movie. Roots is a movie about a slave named Kunta Kinte. Yeah. Who was taken into slavery, and at one point in the movie, they're whipping him, telling him his name is Toby. And every time I see that scene, I just look at whoever's around me and I go, if they whipped me once, I would say my name is whatever the fuck you want it to be. Yeah, it's like I don't like pain. 
yeah, just like torture doesn't work. Like in right. and and this has got to like I hope like I hope this is the example that they use when they try to like when when they try to you know tell people hey like this is why you shouldn't torture people to try to get a confession this is why all that malarkey in movies is a bunch of bull because like after all like this is the best example of it we have on record of that being a bad idea well like the thing about it is like there are bad cases like there's bad circumstances right and there's bad handlings by police. Then there's this, where, and I just want to point out, none of the none of the suspects remember committing the crime, at all. Like they have no idea what even happened, and well, they're literally signing these confessions just to stop the solitary confinement and torture. Yeah, obviously they have no idea what's going on because they didn't like. It's so obvious that they had nothing to do with this. Well, like so. In BuzzFeed Unsolved, they cover a little more in detail of this case that this article we're reading doesn't have. Yeah. Like, there there was, like, a missing bed sheet that they theorized may have been used to transport one of the bodies. There was, like, a, a witness who saw one uh, a weakened man getting dragged onto a boat, but never said who it was. You know what I mean? Like, it's... A lot of the stuff with this case is just, like, showing how bad... Uh, this is and like even people in iceland wrote books on it after about how um like how memory can be affected by solitary confinement and it's false memory uh can just really fuck with people yeah and i just really wanted to talk about this case because i thought it was an interesting one that be it it will be a short like case and episode i guarantee that because we have like two sections left already yeah um but I mostly wanted to talk about this one because I thought it was something interesting for Josh and I to discuss was just the pretense of false memory and how the police were able to make these people believe that they did something they didn't. Like, in this article, it says they signed it just to stop the solitary confinement, but it's like, at one point, I guess they were reenacting the murder. The police were, like, having the suspects, like, choke them, making them believe they were there choking the, the victim. But again, there was no body ever found. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. There was nothing ever. Yeah, there was no body ever found. No, 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 no empirical evidence to even keep these people in this confinement, and they were kept in confinement. I believe, I believe the article. I believe Buzzfeed Unsolved says that one of them was kept in solitary confinement for almost like ten years or something like that in total. Yeah, I think it was Cybar because he he had the longest stay. Like he was with them for fifteen hundred and thirty three days. Yeah, that's like three. Like it, like that was just his time in solitary confinement, right? No, that was his total time being with the police. Yeah, that's four and a half. That's almost four and a half years just by itself. Yeah, it was four point two. Yeah. Are you ready for the aftermath before we continue our discussion of bullshit? Sure, go ahead. So, in a speech in Albingi? In 1998, the Prime Minister of Iceland, David Odson, heavily criticized the investigation and the prosecution of this case. 
after the Supreme Court of Iceland ruled that it could not rehear the case. In 2018, it was revealed that Davio, David, I'm just going to call him David, that David had given Saivar financial support and advice to help him get the case reheard. Trigvi died in 2009 after battling cancer, while Saivar died after an accident in Denmark in 2011. The case was made public in a BBC radio program in May 2014, which discussed the apparent memory implantation. Professor Gilsey, a former Icelandic detective and international renowned expert on suggestibility and false confessions, investigated this case and concluded, I've worked on miscarriages of justice in many different countries. I've testified in several countries. Hundreds of cases I've done. Big cases. I'd never come across any case where there had been such an intense interrogation, so many interrogations, and lengthy solitary confinement. I mean, I was absolutely shocked when I saw that. Most Icelanders came to believe this case had been a bad miscarriage of justice, and the BBC described it as one of the most shocking miscarriages of justice Europe has ever witnessed. Yeah, it's just a shocking mis- like I have no other way to describe it other than that. It's a shocking it's a shocking miscarriage of justice. Yeah, like it would have been one thing if they, they made like a search for the bodies and that was it. And hey, we didn't find anything. Oh no. They turned it into a murder investigation. And this again, this article doesn't mention it. Ertla and Saivar were brought on in on different charges. And the only reason they ever both got in custody was because they showed Ertla a picture of one of the missing dudes, and she went, hey, I've seen that guy before. In Iceland, where there's probably not all that many people. Right. She said she saw him at a party. And of course, it was the same party he disappeared after. Oh, yeah, that means he obviously did it. Right. So they were like, oh, so you've seen him? And she goes, yeah. Well, who else? Uh, And they said, we have reason to believe that you you experienced something dramatic, and we're going to help you remember which is when they fucking tossed her in the room. And then she implicated her boyfriend and his friends of murder. And again, small thing this, this article doesn't mention. She had a, like, days-old baby when this all happened. Yeah, so she was, like, not beside her kid for, like, a year? Uh, no, not a year. She was only in for 242 days. Oh, only, still. only 242. Only 200. Josh, let's not get crazy. It was only 242 days. They, they literally kept a woman away from her newly born child for almost a year. And nothing came of it besides her getting arrested for perjury. So the, the final section we have is called the retrial. So do you want to hear the retrial, Josh? Sure. In 2013, an official police investigation report was handed into the office of the state prosecutor. On February 24th, 2017, the Interior Ministry's rehearing committee concluded that the cases of Saivar, Christian, Trigvi, Albert, uh, and Gulchian should be reheard by the Supreme Court of Iceland. However, the committee did not recommend a retrial for Ertla's perjury case. In February 2018, the state prosecutor requested that the Supreme Court acquit Saivar, Christian, Trigvi, Albert, Gulchion and Ertla. On September 27th, 2018, the Supreme Court acquitted all five men, but did not reverse the Ertla's conviction for perjury. Because regardless of the other bullshit, she still did perjury. But... But there was only through the suggestion, through the mental suggestion through them like i that's that's what i thought it was like i thought 
like it like if they never like put in those mental suggestions she would have never tried to implicate somebody else you're right so she still was charged with perjury even after she like they were like yeah you didn't do anything wrong but we're not dropping the perjury charge yeah the supreme court decided they did not want to that was why it, it like the it, it came down to um so I'm actually I'm actually just doing quick math here. So I want to point out it took 42 years for them to overturn those convictions. She was like probably, 42 years. She was probably dead by then, right? Like, like was she? Uh, it does not say when she died. It says when the others died. Well, she's probably. Um, she might like be her boyfriend at the time, uh, Cyber. He died in 2011, and so did Trigby. He died in 2009. So, like, by the time this happened, two of the people who were arrested and convicted were dead. I mean, she probably served her time for the perjury anyway by then, at least I would assume, right? Right, and probably her child was probably raised by her parents or something. Yeah. Or put in the system. Like, it's just, this entire case is a clusterfuck. Like, I don't know if I can put that any more clearly. It is a clusterfuck. Like, do you, do you have anything to add to the fact that it's a total clusterfuck? No, other than like what I've said already, that this is the um, this is the pure reason why it doesn't why trying to get people to confess never works. Yeah, so I know this episode's going to be a pretty short one. That was kind of the intention. Um, next time or hopefully soon, I want to pick a day where Josh either A hasn't worked all day or B is not working the next day. Because I want to, I want to do a specific case with him that he has hot takes about. Oh, you want to do John Bonet Ramsey next? I want to talk to you about it so bad because I want to hear all your <laughs> takes. I know you talked to me about it a little bit, but I want to hear your takes because you said you have opinions, and that needs to be heard. <laughs> I have other cases I want to do, but that's on the list. Like that's there. I want to talk about Texarkana. Yeah, because I love Texarkana. That case is just. So, so a bit of a spoiler for people for next time. If you don't think that her parents had at least something to do with it, you're going to think I am insane when listening to the next episode. So think that. So just like keep that in the back of your head for, uh, for as like a preview of next episode. It might be the next episode, but again, it all depends. Cause I want to pick a day where you have the energy. Yeah. Because I don't want to do it on a day where you got out of work and, like, kind of, you know what I mean? I would rather pick a day where, like, you're full of it. Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening as usual, and we'll we'll, we'll see you eventually for some scalding hot John Bonet Like, it's too hot, you won't even be able to drink it for, like, an hour, takes. <laughs> but uh, have, a, have a great night, rest of your night, everybody. And we'll see you all next time. See you next time.